Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of What If, where we picture a world that we can help create together. Thank you so so much for joining us once again. And if you're new here, thank you for clicking that play button and we hope you find reasons to stay. This episode is really special because we are collaborating with the Innovative Family, an incubation platform for early stage entrepreneurs from Teach for India who want to build great organizations in the education space. If you're curious already, hang on, continue listening and we'll get right into it. Now, it is no surprise that technology as a system has reinforced all kinds of change at a lightning fast speed. The last 2 years have proved tech's capability in affecting scale of change as well. We can now see that the possibilities of integrating tech for impact are endless. So many opportunities to solve some of our biggest inequities. But what happens when tech itself faces a gap? and how it is made accessible and available for all we chat about this and much more with akshay founder of exola technologies and also an alumni of teach for india's fellowship and the innovated programs so a little introduction about myself is so obviously my name is akshay and i did my computer science engineering i worked as a software developer with zoho and then as both of us have in common teach for india happened uh, in a quench uh, to explore the education a uh, grassroots level education system in india so uh, one incident particularly from the fellowship would be when i took the students to a quiz competition and it was very specifically an it quiz competition and uh, it was a quiz that i participated as a kid and uh, i was very curious that you know my kids will learn new technologies they learn about new uh, terms etc and i asked my students what did you learn from the quiz competition uh, after it was over and uh, they gave me a reply which kind of shifted my perspective forever they told me sir this is the first time we are sitting in an air conditioned room uh, and we actually could not pay any attention to the quiz competition because we were shivering with the cold and that's the kind of uh, in inequity in access to uh, opportunities that are available for children from low income backgrounds right and i still remember in the same quiz competition the students who tweeted the most number of tweets mm. received a bluetooth speaker and here i have my students who are not familiar with twitter or bluetooth right and that's my first exposure towards this inequity in technology and uh, during my fellowship i did a lot of initiatives with respect to tech because you know being part of teach for india fellowship exposed us through a lot of problems there were a lot and lot of challenges which were there in the fellowship and when you have so many challenges around you uh, you kind of come back to your comfort zone right and my comfort zone was always technology because that is something that i always loved from my childhood uh, i still remember i used to i first when i fell in love with technology was in my second standard when my father bought a computer at my house and ever since then it was always the love for technology and i fell into that comfort zone where i used technology to create uh, better learning outcomes in class and um, my fellowship was over in uh, 2020 march and the world was battling a pandemic at that time right and uh, the need for technology was suddenly humongous and suddenly it was uh, not good to have anymore it was the most essential thing to have for organizations to serve it and uh, there was this another incident which kind of led to the birth of edzola is uh, i was working with an edtech company as a program manager and i was observing one of the classes and the kid in the classroom was uh, using a macbook and was telling the our trainer that you know sir i am in grade 6 but i have already uh, completed all the curriculum of javascript give me more advanced ai or uh, uh, vr related projects and mm. uh, you know at the same time one of my students from my teach for india fellowship called me and said so we are struggling for rations for this month and would you be able to give us uh, a ration uh, for this week would you put us on top of that slot because i was parallelly coordinating covid related relief work. and this inequity again started hitting me right? like what am i doing again you know like i realized that my uh, passion or purpose is to work with the underserved communities and i took the plunge with 
and started helping organizations mainly with technology needs because at that time schools were much beyond my reach uh, and schools were shut down so we uh, started helping organizations with technology and small small automation so this is how it started as a pet project to uh, purely help organizations who were tr- struggling during covid and after 2 3 months into the journey uh, some organizations that we worked with started seeing the importance of it they were actually ready to pay for it as well right and uh, yeah. they were like you are spending so much time in it we'll be paying so let us know what is and that's when we realized uh, this could be a viable uh, financially sustainable model as well where we work with organizations help them with their technology needs and slowly that's when ezola happened so ezola was born out of a dire need to help organizations with their technology needs and make organizations more efficient so far it's been 1.5 years since the journey and uh, uh, we worked with around 20 plus organizations and uh, we part been part of two incubation programs one is innovated by teach for india and currently unison youth global fellowship as well and yeah that was how ezola started honestly that's great thanks for sharing that and so many points that i can relate to of course teach for india has been that common factor in our lives and i have also seen the challenges although i have not seen in the scope and the scale that you've probably seen but the challenges i saw were also very small i completely understand what you mean by not thinking from that perspective like not having that sense of uh, awareness till you've actually seen or heard someone say it back to you that i'm sitting you know i cannot concentrate on this because this is completely new to me just the environment is completely new to me like in your case the kids so that that's that's really interesting and it brings back a lot of things that i have experienced in um during my fellowship and my experience working with the kids so your journey has actually been has actually started right at the start or right at the onset of the pandemic when tech was just booming everybody was getting on it all types of technology working from home remotely studying from home teaching from home you name it you're dancing and you're singing everything was being done from home so it was just exploding and based on my conversations with a lot of the lot of the entrepreneurs who have spoken on this show they've all had the that common theme that tech has acted as an enabler in the last year in the last uh, 1.5 years and it has been celebrated because especially in the impact space uh, there has been that awareness that hey we need to start working with technology we cannot just keep slowly accessing it or slowly providing access to it but now we are in a situation where it has to become mainstream but if we are zooming in again based on what you said uh just i wanted to again bring back that point of technology technological inequity that's a phrase that i don't think comes up very often um in in how we talk about tech when we talk about tech we're always talking about the big tech you know the big stuff that tech can do but then when you're working with the communities um that's when you realize that there is that inequity where we are not actually creating equal outcomes we are just giving them a piece of tech but how do we create those equal outcomes that you know we are able to say that we are uh, bringing in that kind of equity so are you able to give us an insight into what that looks like with the organizations that you've worked with so far maybe if you can give us a sense of you know what that looks like what that actually looks like for someone to feel that or have that experience of not being able to uh, participate in the process rightly so i agree that you know tech has been a great enabler for a lot of organizations now and uh, let us just go back little in time and understand what how tech itself has evolved right and if let's say going back 10 years around 2010 or something we had a set of companies which was purely tech you know you could differentiate saying apple microsoft google etc and then you had companies uh, under domains of manufacturing automobile hospitality and so on but today if you see tech is everywhere and is exponentially growing right we have edtech insurance tech fintech space tech kirana tech logistics tech 
ஆர்கனைசேஷன் and that is the premise or belief that i kind of believe in right now is all organizations are uh, tech organizations maybe they're not using it but they need mm. to at some point so how do we bring them here so when we talk about inequity tech inequity in access to these technologies there are couple of broad uh, verticals that i can come up to is tech that helps you run your organization internally and tech that helps you run your programs and diving deep on either of these when you say tech to run your program uh, internal operations you have finance processes you have compliance processes you have your donation management process you have your payroll hr compliance etc etc and if you just think about this a little bit right uh, this is not very different from your traditional business processes uh, that is there maybe you will replace your sales with a donation you will replace your invoice with a donation receipt uh you will replace your crm customer relationship with the donor relationship but uh, on the hindsight these processes remain the same but however most of the organizations still do not use the standard business tools available to run their operations and uh, we ran a survey uh, in edzola with around 100 non profit and development professionals and around 78% of them agreed that you know they spend around 2 to 3 hours per day just doing manual or repetitive work which has no significance yeah and that again you know brings back the question if most of your time is spent on doing manual work then how do you contribute to impact or how do you work towards impact right and uh, so the first inequity is in the awareness itself that many nonprofit professionals do not have the awareness to use how to use technology in their organizations and next would be to run your programs each of your programs in non profits are highly different right like you work with schools you work with field yeah. workers you work in tribal areas you yeah. work in uh, in environment and there is not a solution where uh, one solution can fit everything and it is an entirely a different uh, ecosystem where you need to go into deep each one of them and understand the grassroots reality yeah. and the here inequity comes from uh people from the corporate or people from the donor angle not truly understanding the grassroots reality for example uh, as you said there is a lot of tech donations in place what they do is they kind of allocate a percentage of their softwares or uh, as a donation to these organizations but will they help in running the program maybe not uh, there are certain programs which offer training and support uh, which will help these organizations but if they do not understand the context of a tribal area or if they do not understand the context yeah. of a rural area how are they going to uh, uh, for them right and there is also a skill gap which is there in these organizations where uh, just with one training or just with one kind of a software donation you can't truly embody tech in organizations so these are some of the inequities that i've seen so far uh, in my journey and uh, so far in my journey what we've seen is um, the main inequity or the main uh, challenge lies in retaining the single source of truth for an information for example all the data that an organization consumes right from the point they collect a donation to the beneficiary that they are benefiting there is not a single channel of uh, data flow which exists in the organization and there is so much scope for manual error redundant data and the end there is a huge uh, disconnect on what the single source of truth itself is and when you do not have the data how will you measure the effectiveness of your program and how will you you know kind of measure the data driven decisions or how do you drive more impact or how do you uh, see if your programs work so that is one of the big gaps when i see again it's not related to tech inequity but usage of tech towards uh, solving a problem this is a huge challenge that we see with organizations that we work nobody will see this when they're listening but throughout i was just nodding my head because i'm just agreeing with everything that you said completely understand that the context of use is overlooked when 
tech is brought into uh, the change and impact space just for people to you know get their heads around the fact that every context is going to be different one solution is just not going to fit how the program is run through that uh, piece of tech or or that you know piece of device so having myself personally having you know um gotten really interested in how to bring tech into the ecosystem and how that can be used to to accelerate not only the scale sure tech has the ability to do that but also the depth of impact so that's something that i have been trying to understand and i've been trying to learn and a lot of unlearning also happens in the process so everything that you've said is is just exactly what is on my mind when i am doing my unlearning process so thank you thank you for that and thank you for reinforcing that point that it is not just about getting you know somebody to donate a few devices or you know how many apple devices that's that just does not cut it there's so much more thought that goes into how we bring in or how we integrate tech into this ecosystem so cool now we are going to talk a little bit about community driven action i am a strong believer in community driven action i think be it your ecological change or your technical change or your social economic change i feel that if the communities are empowered um and in this case tech is a great tool for making that happen just at a speed that we want it to happen so if we are giving the communities um the tools and the resources to create their own systems so in a way that if they're not okay with what's happening if they're able to empower them to you know just reimagine those systems it just i think also ticks the box of depth so we're not only thinking about more 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 expand 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 but it's it's it has a lot to do with how your everyday life is being impacted with that intervention so tell us how the team of edzola works with communities to ensure not only adoption so here importantly we don't only want to talk about how give them the tech get them to adopt get more people to adopt and that's it that's our job done so it's not just that ensure not only adoption but also continuous improvement like you continuously iterating with them making sure that there is uh, an 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 improvement to how it's being used so if you can give us a sense of that that would be great to give a very short answer i think uh, we do whatever it takes so we do whatever it takes to bring tech into organizations and to give you a very relatable analogy for you is a personal story again from teach for india when i wanted to set up a technology classroom based on my experiences so my goal was to set up a technology classroom uh, in my school but a uh, technology classroom needed much more things just beyond intent right so i needed the funds to set up a classroom i needed laptops infrastructure and so on so we kind of you know took initiative to uh, reach out to csrs donors and people who will support us and uh, uh, we managed to get laptops inside the classroom we managed to get a projector and we were all set to bring a technology setup inside a classroom and uh, when we were about to do that we realized that our classrooms do not have the electricity socket mm-hmm. to you know even charge the laptops so again right doing whatever it takes we kind of revamped the infrastructure and uh, set it up and you would realize that the job is actually over right but again mm-hmm. this is again just the first step of bringing yeah. technology inside a classroom once we did that uh, we needed to ensure the classroom had internet so that the kids can have internet browsing and internet as you know has a lot of you know uh, pathways that you can get to so we need to ensure that the children are using internet in a safe way mm-hmm. we needed to take care of data security data privacy mm-hmm. so and also ensure that you know we use technology to create learning outcomes so then we invested on building a curriculum which is tech enabled so if there was a science class or a math class it was a uh, enabled with tech and uh, slowly during the end of my fellowship we also started seeing uh, you know like how will this sustain beyond me how will it sustain mm-hmm. beyond uh, after i am gone so we slowly invested the school team in training uh, how uh, the systems can be used and how they can leverage and that to be right i think uh, uh this is the same process we follow netzola as well where we first bring in the awareness then we set up then we kind of train and then maintain and support throughout the journey so to give you a details on how uh, 
uh, we work with organizations we first truly want to act as partners mm-hmm. and try to understand in deep uh, the work they do and the challenges that they face and uh, a lot of our work truly revolves around people processes data and then comes technology and many organizations whom we work with do not have clear processes or system in place to run their program in that case the best thing for us to help them set up those processes and not build a tech solution for them mm-hmm. uh, so we work with them to fine tune their processes define data flows workflows and then help them set up technology or if an organization do not have the funds to implement technology right like we try to connect them with csr partners or individual donors who are having the intention of uh, funding tech related systems in an organization or if uh, if an organization you know like uh, if there is again a funding crunch or you know we really hugely on open source systems on open source software so that it is you know it is not a recurring cost but it is a one time uh, investment for them so these are some of the ways on how we are uh, implementing the technology uh, another one is setup technology right another important thing is uh, uh people think that actually the game ends there again as i said the game just begins now and uh, uh it is more of a lifestyle changes that brings into uh, an organization rather than a tech system right let's say you've been you know writing manual donation receipts all your time and suddenly you give us offer and say from today you'll be uh, creating your donation receipts via the software and people will go mad i'm like what i'm used to this process my mm. uh, resistance to change is high and how will i do this so there requires a lot of training and support when it comes to helping organizations use technology and then when they slowly start using it is when they see the magic right who oh, this sense you know like aut- uh, automated att receipts this will create me this will uh, you know create automated receipt numbers i can import excel sheets here oh, this is for what more can i do from this so that's when the user education happens and people start thinking technology on how to you know solve the problems and our team right continues to train and support organizations with uh, once we streamline the process or once we help system system we move on to the next so that you know it's sustainable and we slowly automate or help them set systems one by one so this is one way we've seen sustainable change and also to answer your question change is not a one time right change is continuous and long term so most of our organizations we work with are our long term partners and whoever are with us stayed with us for a longer time and we continue to work with them so that uh, the change is not you know drastic but a slow continuous changes which happens over time that is something that we follow to ensure that the change is sustainable as well that's so interesting i was you know when you said user education that's exactly what was happened like that's exactly what was going through my head that this requires so much education into it it's not only about like bringing in the solution and that's it done we are that's that's the end of our partnership and now you can figure it out there's so much of education that goes into it so i also want to understand from you how helpful was your uh, experience with teach for india when you started with edzol i'm sure that you brought in a lot of those values and principles when you are working with uh, these organizations yes yes definitely uh, i'm sure you've heard of this have you heard of sense of possibility that we often use in teach for india fellowship yeah. right and yeah. the sense of possibility is what you know is mind blowing to me because when you truly believe that something should happen and you almost figure out how to make it happen right and mm. given the crunch in resources or given the crunch in time or given whatever the crunch is you almost every time figure out a way to achieve your outcome and sense of possibility is something that i value a lot and apart from that teacher india i think has given me a lot of tolerance to failures uh, because you know my journey during teach for india fellowship was lot of failures uh, failing each day and then rising back the next day to become a better person to solve the problem in a better way yeah. so my uh, high tolerance for failures were definitely helpful in edzola where you know like we tried multiple things we failed we uh, learned from it and then we tried to improve right so that is uh, something that i've learned in the teach for india fellowship and also the autonomy the fellowship provided for you yeah. to run multiple experiments so that is also something which was very helpful and hugely grateful towards as well i resonate with that yeah i think education is such a big part of tech that 
again, we do not talk about as much because, again, big tech. Hey, also, yeah, I think one thing I forgot when it comes to uh, teach point experience is also how to teach, right? Like when it comes yeah. to user education that we talk about in technology, I've realized the uh, um there is a something that uh, i religiously follow with an ezola is uh, explain like i'm five right like if yeah. you're able to explain any technical concept to a five year old that is how simple our jargon should be right because when we are talking technology we are not talking to people who are engineers or scientists or anyone we are talking to people who are creating grassroots level impact at the ground level so how do we simplify our language and make it so 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 simplified in a way that they understand so that is something that i think you know i've learned during teach for india uh, fellowship to truly simplify the language in which we speak so that our end beneficiaries understand in that that case it was students now it is organizations yeah 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 but it it works i think it works in any any age group any demographic i think it it has to be simple it has to be as easy to understand that there should be no barriers and 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 i think uh, it becomes very important especially in this phase because it's for some like you said there are, for some it's absolutely new it's it's something they have never engaged with before and just suddenly you put it in front of them and yeah so i think ease of use is very important and that's something i also strive for in what i try to envision i just wanted to bring in this point uh, we've spoken about this earlier and uh, both of us i think had that conversation where the talent that is required to create these systems to create the technological systems to build it and to you know execute it is available um we have it in india there is there is a huge population which is ready to get invested in this process however the not for profits the for purpose organizations who are in this for the long run are not able to access number one they're not able to access this group and if they do they can't retain them because we know that there is wage disparity is a huge issue in this space so um, that probably needs a whole different episode so we won't get into that as much but based on your experience what do you see where do you see this going do you see this gap closing anytime soon or do you not see that happening so give us a sense of what uh, what your thoughts are on this and apart from also raising awareness in the tech community coming back to this point i have found that before we can start approaching the tech professionals or the group that is interested in creating impact that it, it it's more important to first inform them and have that awareness of what the impact areas are and where they can come in to fill those gaps so it's not as simple as going to them and saying that hey this is what we're doing come join us but i feel that this whole education and awareness piece that has to precede before we can get them on board again based on your experience and based on what has worked for zola what more can we do to attract this community to get them on board to slowly bring them to the right side of history as i like to uh Yes, but I think uh, it's a question or a challenge that uh, we've been facing a lot as an organization. And to uh, challenge your last question first, um, would you be okay for a person with the same uh, tech capabilities or same tech knowledge uh, getting two x salary in a for-profit company, but one x salary in a non-profit company just because he's creating he or she is creating impact? Would you be okay with that? uh right like just because we raise awareness about impact or social impact space it doesn't make sense to have wage disparity when the skill sets are the same and that is the sad fact that we are facing but that is the reality right and uh, a techie who works for a startup earns much more than a techie who works who works for a non-profit there are very less techies who work in the non-profit but even then who does we've glamorized that non-profit sector pays less salaries or you know like it is a development sector so you won't be getting good salary so there is no driver for growth uh, when it comes to working in a non profit so even the people who come as you rightly said we are not able to retain them because they are very tempted and where they are want to explore their potential for growth in other companies which mm. is available in the market yeah and uh, to answer your question on whether this will uh, reduce in the near future i think i highly doubt it 
and the reason being the technology capital ecosystem itself is going through huge huge changes right now after the pandemic started uh, right like for example if your tech capital was available in bangalore only uh, but now it is available all over india so people can work from anywhere contribute to any company and still get the same wages as they would uh, get so there is a lot of uh, that happening lot of remote working culture and a lot of freelance which is real rise and where people can work with multiple companies and mm. just keep you know traveling and working or do whatever they want in the part time so this is all this is seen an increase thanks to the pandemic and uh, when this is going on right now in the for profit or the uh, startup world i hugely see any of them coming to you know work in a non profit where the wage is not very attractive Uh, so even more than wages right there is not a competitive spirit uh, when it comes to tech in the non profit world so we need a lot of competition we need a lot of people who can challenge each other and grow so that lever for growth is also not there and uh, how do we bridge this is um, as you first pointed out we can create more dialogues we can more create more communities and networks who talk about technology capacity building or who talk about tech infrastructure building within the development sector secondly uh, we need to get more and more people to fund technology capital specifically technology capital because this is something that funders truly totally understand about that you know you need to build a knowledge capital for your organizations to be tech enabled but there is not a lot of people who will fund towards it so we need a lot of funders corporate csrs to contribute towards this and thirdly if you think uh, a little uh, diving deep into the sector the highly skewed ecosystem is because there is a huge demand for technology capital right now yeah. so there is a huge demand for techies or software engineers in the market that is leading to uh, increasingly you know high demands of higher salaries etc which is beyond the capacity of a non profit so how do you reduce that demand is by increasing the supply so this is one of the approach that we are trying to you know uh follow when we work with when we work with the ecosystem is uh, uh i come from a background where i think you know a talent can be uh built from anywhere i may not be able to you know hire the best software engineer out there but i can get a person and train them so well that they become the best software engineers out there yeah. so this is one of the philosophies uh that we follow in edzola and we take high potential candidates show them you know how the work creates real impact in the grassroots level and also ensure that you know they grow at a certain uh, level in their career and you have a sustainable ecosystem of technology capital here so that is one of our hiring philosophy and lastly i think uh, you know one of the food for thought would be uh, maybe one organization will not be able to afford a tech team of 3 to 5 full time people but can three or four organizations come together and charity tech team so that is okay. another mm. another point of view that we can think about because again resource sharing is another growing concept and we kind of try to follow that approach where our resources are being shared with you know a two three uh, non profits where they help uh, work in multiple projects and uh, when knowledge is shared across organizations right that is another lever of growth that uh, brings in endless possibilities as well. we have spoken about the wonders that tech can bring into uh this space in the change and impact space and um we've also spoken about how edzola is helping enable that and you know how you're setting those foundations in a very sustainable way which again has been a very common theme in our show everyone who comes on the show always thinks about sustainability first which is the core purpose of being in this field of work so now let's come and talk about you so when you reflect on your journey uh, when you when you think back on what you have uh, achieved so far and where you've come so far what are some of the wins that you have celebrated small wins big wins you know wins that don't feel like wins but they should be recorded as something to be happy about or to be proud about and here i'm also acknowledging that you know when we are when we celebrate wins it doesn't come easy there are always some growing pains and teething issues that you have to go through to actually be like okay yeah i'm happy about where i am so maybe give us a sense of what you have experienced 
I love the fact about the growing pains, uh, but I think I'll address the pains or the, you know, like the, that first and then share about the wins. Um, I think the first big thing was just the survival. So mm-hmm. when you start out, you have an idea on what you want to do. But as I already uh, was saying, Edzola was born out of a pure need to solve a problem and not because we needed to build a company or anything. And when you, once you take the plunge into execution, right, the day-to-day challenges start hitting you, the grassroots level reality starts hitting you. And there have been days where I felt as an imposter or, you know, our work is not creating any impact or, you know, always wanted to uh, give up this lone battle. And in the initial days, what kept me going was my vision to bring technology to all organizations and create impact. And this vision was much more beyond myself, right? When your cause is much more beyond yourself, you kind of get the motivation and you trust, uh, start trusting the process and you keep on going. So that will give way to make more sacrifice. But today, after 1.5 years, right, when I feel low or when I feel demotivated, I just look around myself on what we have built collectively, right? So uh, that gives me intrinsic motivation to run for a few decades. And we have organizations whom we work with who regularly use our software. We have partners who trust us and believe our work that we do. And we've spent so much hours on, you know, trying to solve a problem and so much intellectual cap, uh, capital that we've developed that all of us are motivated to solve a problem. And I think the important piece of all that is, I think I have a team who trusts me in this process and believes me in the vision of Edzola. So when I look at them, whatever we built or whatever Edzola is doing is meaningless and all the credit goes to my team who, you know, trusted me and uh, was with me in this process. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of uh, some of the big wins. But again, talking about some of the work or, you know, like some of the wins because that is also personal, right? Like you start with the vision and seeing your vision come alive is we worked with Nudge Foundation and built a large-scale software to manage the operations of their entire program, which is called the Future Perfect. And they train uh, youth from ultra-poor backgrounds on English and soft skills and make them job-ready and help them with placements to get them jobs. And it all involves a lot of people, trainers, program managers, uh, leadership teams who will use this system, right? And there is a lot of data which goes in and out. And we built a a system which will handle this entire process. And uh, uh, it has the capability of handling more than hundreds of thousands of students per month. And we have more than 20,000 students who've been participated in the program, almost, you know, more than 3 lakh students whom we've reached part of the program. And uh, it is just a case study on how they can be truly created to create an impact at scale. But to me, win is not only just about numbers, right? I have also yeah. have another story where we helped an organization called Aftertaste Foundation who products from women in who are in slums of Mumbai and they were struggling with e-commerce or just selling their products because with COVID most of their sales were out and it was a very simple work that we did we just created a Google form automation where we can you know collect orders in Google form and recepting payment is automated mm-hmm. and there uh, they can process orders from the back end with the Google sheet and we did this sometime last year and trusting Pooja even till date, they've been using that and they've been, you know, slowly on their part of financial sustainability. Mm-hmm. And uh, the founder still, you know, tells us how useful that has been. And it's a simple work, you know, maybe we spent around two or three days to do it. And it's creating an impact for one long year. It's again an enabler for how tech can, you know, truly be sustainable on its own as well. Yeah. So that is one story that I have. I think uh, success also to me is uh, when organizations start thinking about technology within their operations. So we have one example where Mitty Cafe started a new vertical for a e-commerce platform, which will enable multiple nonprofits come and sell in their platform. And this, uh, and Mitty Cafe was one of our first clients and for them to think technology to run their programs was something that uh, was always, you know, I found fascinating and that is another uh, example on how you know tech can be sustainable and uh, also be used to create new initiatives or lasting impact as well. So yeah, moments like these give you a big, big validation, and it's a long journey. I'm sure. I think 
like I said, I mean, it's these are just growing pains that you have to go through as an as a team. Take away from all these conversations because for me, these are all learning. These are all you know things that I will take back and I'll reflect on. So it's 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 something that you have to be prepared for, and and I guess that's where the fun lies. That's the that's where the excitement is. And if if the motivator is not numbers, then motivator is that 10 years down the line you will see something great happen out of what you started today cool looking ahead now when you look ahead at you've reflected so far and now when you look ahead what do you envision for yourself and for Edzola and what are the what is the big picture that you're seeing in let's say a couple of years or in the next five years what what is that big banner that you probably have on your wall where you want to hit that mark? Uh, yes, Pooja. Um, I think uh, uh, the way I want to really position Edzola currently is to uh, Edzola as a friend to solve all your technology problems. And I hope Edzola can be that friend you approach for your techniques and hope that you know all your problems will be rectified. So that is the future I have for Edzola. And uh, we want, we are working on multiple initiatives to bring this technology ecosystem as well. In fact, if you see currently software development or developing custom solutions, this has a long process of gathering requirements, designing, curating, delivering, and then, you know, evaluating and so on and so forth. And I would often tell my team, can we make purchasing or creating software as simple as ordering a pizza, mm. right? Like you, what do you do when you order a pizza? You uh, take your phone, you say what you want and the pizza is arrived customized based on your needs in half an hour to 45 minutes. Can we envision a system wherein softwares or you know technology services can be provided within a few hours once the request is raised? And this is a long process and I think this is the future we are heading to as well. And we are working on a lot of uh, initiatives which will reduce the entry barrier for technology in nonprofits. And we envision a future where we will have an innovation lab which continues to research on new technologies like how we talked about blockchain, hmm. how can we use virtual reality, AI, machine learning to solve world's pressing problems. We want to set up a, an academy or an institution where organizations can learn different technology concepts and lead the transformation from within their organizations. Or we want to build a suite of, you know, open source or low-cost software product which is available for organizations to use that will save their time and automate most of their work. We basically, I think, you know, want to help organizations automate all the uh, common processes, take care of all their data needs, so that organizations can truly focus on what they value the most, which is creating impact. And I think that is the most important uh, aspect of it. And we hope to create a community of people, organizations, beneficiaries, who truly embody tech to solve all of this for us. So this is the future I am very hopeful about as well. I'm sure you're going to get there. It's just a matter of time. And that's one thing I, both of us are very, uh, we have that thought in common that all the, these repetitive processes and, you know, things that take away the team's focus from impact should and can be automated. And and it's just a matter of time that everyone starts realizing that and wants to come on board and, you know, believes that, yes, let's keep that all for tech to do and let's just get on the ground and get our work. So now we come to the what if question. And this question is uh, extra special because it's in collaboration with Teach for India. To be specific, Teach for India Innovated. So you were a part of the Teach for India Innovated Launchpad. And um, you've been through that journey where they take you through those six P's. The six P's are proposition, people, proceeds, processes, partnerships, and promotion. Now, what if we ask you to pick just one P that you have connected with. It may have worked, it 
may have not worked, but something that you have connected with and continue to hold up high in your list as you continue on your journey? So it's a difficult question to just pick one of those because I think all of them are extremely important. But if I had to really choose one thing which I continue to hold up high, I think it would be the people. And I think very early in my journey, I realized that, you know, it takes an army of people to bring up a change. Right from a very early stage when Edzola was just an idea to what it is now, I have had tons of people who have supported me in this journey, who worked with me in this journey, who mentored me in this journey, who supported, supported me in this journey. And I think um, whatever we do or whatever uh, we create is meaningless without the people in it. Yeah. So people here includes my friends who supported me initially in this journey, my mentors, our customers, our uh, beneficiaries, my team. All of the people is what I hold up really high because we are because they are. So it's as simple as that. And since we are talking about Innovated, I think uh, it's important to acknowledge the support that Innovated has really support uh, given uh, during the initial stages of Edzola. And I think uh, when Edzola was just an idea or when we were just a few pilots done, we got selected to Innovated program. And uh, I think Innovated as an ecosystem itself uh, provided a lot of support, mentorship, and guidance on how to build an organization and how to solve a problem that you really care about. So I think uh, uh, big credits to Innovated team for enabling this for many young entrepreneurs and many young social change makers like us as well. We are who we are also because of Teach for India. Part of us is always going to have that. Uh, exactly, exactly. So the gratitude is not only to Innovator, but for yeah. Teach for India ecosystem itself, right? Like the alumni community, your uh, support system, everything, right? Truly grateful for the support. Yeah, amazing. So now we're almost towards the end and this question is is an important question i think uh, a question that is not often asked in such kind of uh, you know when when we are talking about change and impact then i think it's so important to remind ourselves also about what we are grateful for because it can get very easy to lose sight of why and who and what we are in this for unless we can take a step back and just maybe list out a couple of things that we are grateful for. And that really just helps in recharging or resetting or, you know, having that focus back on what is more important. So today I'm asking you, what are you grateful for? It could be anything, anything, anybody, anywhere, anyone. Always uh, when I reflect back on this journey, right, I think... uh, I'm hugely, hugely grateful for the experiences that I've had. So my experiences have played a huge role in shaping who I am or what I do today. And I think the experiences as a, you know, as a software developer working to solve problems and working with Zoho also put me through great people and a great culture for which Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful about because that uh, kind of embodies in the work uh, that I do currently. And during the Teach for India Fellowship, I'm truly grateful for, you know, the communities we worked in and for the experience that uh, Teach for India provided that uh, helped us see the grassroots level reality that uh, our uh, world is in currently. And I think during uh, fellowship, halfway through the fellowship, I was part of Jagrati Yatra, where uh, we went on a nationwide train yatra to meet social entrepreneurs across the country to meet and learn from their their work and the impact they create. And that experience as a yatra redefined what an enterprise model can do towards solving a social problem. So I'm grateful for that. And again, uh, post-fellowship with Intich Fund Innovators program, I learned the nuances of being, you know, a part of what it takes to build an organization. And currently, right, I think another opportunity or an experience that we are a part of is Unison Youth Global Fellowship, where we are one of the three entrepreneurs from India who gotten selected to the program. And I think it's a huge, huge learning 
opportunity that we get to learn from entrepreneurs across the world who are solving world problems right so far it was only about india and the context that was there but to understand different people from different diverse backgrounds understand the problems that they are solving and the measures that they take it's a truly a learning experiences so if you ask me what am i grateful for is all the experiences i think i've had in this journey play a huge role and it is not only about the experiences but there is a people aspect as well on each of these journey that i hold very dear to and i think i would need another uh, few hours to talk about mm-hmm. all people aspect of it but considering the time right i just want to you know have my gratitude to all the people that i met in this journey as yeah technology is an ever evolving system that will continue to change the way we do things the question to ponder on here is how can we leverage adaptive technology to change our 20th century systems and that too for the betterment of our planet and its people it is possible and it's already in motion as we've heard in today's chat if you're curious to find out more about what akshay and itzola's team is up to head to the episode notes where you'll find all the relevant links And of course this episode is really special because we are collaborating with the innovated family you'll also find all the details and all the links to help you understand and know more about what they do how they do it and how you can access resources before you hit that stop button don't forget to share this episode with your mom dad sibling friend neighbor cousin colleague aunt uncle whoever you think will enjoy listening to this It is the only way we can grow a community of change thinkers, leaders and makers. We are very friendly, so write to us your thoughts, suggestions and feedback. You can also chat with us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Until we tune in again, take care and speak soon.